All righty, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode with Double B. We are here with Daniel Morrow. Daniel, welcome to the show. Uh, go ahead and give us a 10,000 foot uh, overview of you, about you. Damn, yeah, man, 10,000 feet, that's it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, man. It's, um, yeah, it's been a journey. Definitely been a journey to get to uh, go through all the bumps and learning and everything to get here, right? Started off my working career in, in the kitchen as a dishwasher. Slaving away, I managed to hit uh, line cook within six months. Spent seven about seven, maybe eight years in that business before I decided I wanted to branch out, do my own thing. I was just sick of it. Worked my way into sales. Uh, went to schools. Shouldn't be admitting it, but I passed all of my insurance and mutual fund exams studying in the strip clubs. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, the rest is history. I've been in finance since 2012, 2013, somewhere in there. And yeah, it's just kicking ass, taking names, and doing whatever I can to help people get to where they want to be now. So, oh, yeah, it brings up two points. Uh, <laughs> you're a chef, and you're in Canada, which uh, means you can make us probably the best poutine we've ever had in our life. <laughs> I, I, I lived off those for a couple of years, yeah, when I was hungover. <laughs> <laughs> There's actually a restaurant down here that had one that they called Western Poutine, and they took the frites, and then they put country gravy on it with cheddar cheese. It was actually really good. Um, <laughs> I would layer the shit out of mine. I would do like three layers. So I do a little bit of fries, put some cheese, some gravy, a little bit more fries, cheese and gravy. And you just have like uh, pretty much a mushy mess by the time it came out of the oven. But it was right. good. Some gravy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah um, the key to that was like thick gravy. You, want it, you wanted it thick so it didn't get too soupy. I like it. I, I love poutine. It's actually really good. <laughs> I don't think I've ever had that before, but it sounds amazing. It's uh, definitely a good greasy cake if that's what you're craving. <laughs> that's a, that's a good word for it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. Well, so cool, man. Uh, you're you're doing finance and stuff like that now. Um, we we just recently became connected on the social medias, but I've seen your face freaking everywhere since then uh, <laughs> yeah which is good i mean it's make, making a name for yourself yeah i mean it's really it's not that to get that initial exposure it can be tough right because it it takes time to build traction and you go a long time without people actually paying attention to whatever it is you got going on but it's just a matter of staying consistent staying with it right and part of it is being lazy and working like smarter, not harder. So what I've done is I've gone through it in my calendar. I've scheduled a bunch of things in my calendar. So it's like 6.30 in the morning. I know I need to bust out two sentences that will like light people up for their day. And then like 11 o'clock, like around lunchtime, I know I have it in my calendar that I post my video, whatever I recorded that morning, right? And then schedule it across where I can. And then like 2 o'clock, I try and post something funny because I know all the people on the East coast are getting off work and the people out here on the West coast 
are hating their lives because they just got back to work from lunch. So try try and give everybody try and give everybody a nice little laugh there. And yeah, it helps with the consistency so that people do start seeing it everywhere. That's actually a good point because um, I started looking at our analytics and stuff like that and watching the graphs of when people were engaging with our content on social media. Mm-hmm. And we've kind of just, there's like a two hour really like big peak window. It's like down here and then all of a sudden just jumps and then it just drops. And so we've started uh, using that to kind of use our, as our sweet spot to put out uh, anything that we ever post. Yeah. Yeah. You could take that one step further, further and use that as like your, your prime content, right? Your peak content. So whatever you find people like whatever, whatever the theme is that P that your audience engages with the most, use those peak times to post it. Right. If you got one peak time, focus on that as you start, as you get the momentum and you have like three or four peak times, mix it up so that people don't really get bored. Right. Type deal. But then you can just keep riding that wave. Yeah, that's a good point. I don't think a lot of people think about that when they're starting new, you know, they're like, oh, I'm just posting shit and it's going nowhere and this sucks. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly yeah. what we did. Yeah, for sure. It's one of those learning bumps, right? And and the easiest thing to do is think about who like who is it that you want to do business with? Who is it that you want to attract? And then trying to get in their head. And because once they start engaging, you'll start to be and you follow your metrics. You'll start cluing in, okay, well, this got a lot of engagement. This got people talking. This type of post gets me a lot of direct messages. And then you could start figuring out how to structure it to maximize it all, right? I, I think that's something that we're learning how to do. <laughs> Not something that we've really learned yet, per se. Yeah. Yeah, it's that a is- thing. It's a learning curve, just like everything else. Um, but yeah. it's like the the number one step is just to get off the ground and go, and then everything else you got to figure out from there. And I don't think that you stop learning. To be honest, even when you get to a certain level, there's another level that you got to basically start over in. Oh yeah, it's there's levels to everything. There's there's no finish line. There's no end. The second that you stop learning is when pretty much when you give up, you start falling down the hill, right? You slowly start rolling down the hill, getting nowhere. <laughs> so it's, it's a matter of like, and it doesn't matter. You can follow any influencers podcast, right? They all say the same thing is just, they, they set their sights on, on a level or something that they want to attain. They get there and then there's something else. There's always something else that requires them to keep developing, keep learning and keep going. Right. Like you set, you set your goals with the timeline and say, I'm going to hit this goal by this day. Well, then you do that. Then what next? You're going to keep going and moving up. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't stop. Like you said. Yeah, that's just it. And that's key. That's like, you mentioned a good point and that's something that a lot of people neglect or forget. It's not serious until you put a date on it. Right. Look at New Year's resolutions, New Year's resolution. Everybody's like, hey, I want to go to the gym. I want to go do this, that. Not even two weeks later, everybody drops off. Whereas that if, if people would shift their mindset and say, OK, well, 
I want to lose 30 pounds by April 1st. That's something real. That's something tangible. And there's a date that they know they got to make something happen. by, Right. So if you can break down what you want to do and set those little benchmarks and those little milestones along the way, you're going to make stuff happen a lot quicker and a lot easier. Absolutely. Well, and I also think that if, if you don't set a date, there's no accountability factor either. And that's, yeah. that's one thing that a lot of people will neglect as well. Well, that's just it, right? It's, it's not real. It's kind of like, whatever, I get to feel good because I'm saying I'm going to do it, but I'm not going to do it. <laughs> so then I'm just going to feel crap. It's like, like crap, the cycle is going to repeat itself. And I think a lot of people just, and this sounds horrible to say out loud, but they say that they're going to do all this shit, but they never actually like tell anybody who's going to hold them accountable because they don't actually want to do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, I'm going to quit smoking, but I'm not going to tell my spouse that I'm trying to quit because they're going to force me to. Yeah. Well, you don't really want to try. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They don't want that that tension, right? So right. they don't, especially when a significant other is involved. Like, <laughs> we don't, we don't want to tell our wives because she, we know she's going to be up our ass and piss us off. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's that's perfect example, really. <laughs> yeah it's it's an interesting dynamic man but i mean that's the only way to start is just to do it right i mean especially if it's neat, something new to us we don't know what it's going to look like we don't know the end result that we want so sometimes it's just a matter of putting one foot in front of the other and just starting to make any sort of a progress and then as you're going you'll start connecting with people who are either like farther down, a lot farther down that path than you are, or they're kind of starting to start out where you are and just talking to them or listening to them, you start seeing something it's like, oh, actually that sounds really good, right? You start feeling yourself pulled in a direction. So then you can start actually firming up those dates and, and making those plans, right? Or you'll just see those people down that are down the road from you and go, you know what? I actually don't want this. So let's move on. <laughs> Yeah, uh, business ownership and entrepreneurship and every other label you want to put on self-employment. I mean, obviously, there's there's a certain type of person that it takes to get to that point. And it's a hell of a lot of work. It's a whole lot easier to fill out a resume and say, hire me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, to, to a point. <laughs> you know, like, it just, I feel like, and like you said, you went to school and got good grades and everything like that and passed all your stuff. And that's, that seems rare for people that we've talked to. I think uh, one other person has said that everybody else has like a ninth grade education and they're making six figures a year. <laughs> oh man, it, it, if, it, if it were up to me, I would have dropped out of high school. I did the bare minimum to get through high school. It was just uh, my grandma, we thought, uh, my grandma thought that I'd be the last grandchild that she'd get to see graduate. And it was a big thing for her to, to see us all graduate, right? I've got four cousins and a little brother. And I was like, the only reason I skated by and did the bare minimum was for her. And it pissed everybody off because everybody's like, you'd get good grades if you applied yourself. And I was like, nah. And I get test anxiety. Like, I, I fucking hate tests, right? I get test anxiety. So when it came to actually making the commitment to myself to go to school for my financial licenses, like I, I hated it. So I did it self-study and 
the way I did it, the college that I went to was nice because I could do their version of the exam as many times as I want. I didn't have to worry about if I failed three times, I don't ever get another chance. So I failed that thing like seven, eight, nine times. <laughs> and then, the, and then the, uh, the instructor was like, called me up. He's like, he, uh, he caught me leaving one day. He's like, you know what? If you fail this time, here's what you're going to do. You're going to book a seminar sit here, sit in the classroom for, for a two-day seminar, three-day seminar, whatever it was. He's like, and then you can rewrite your exam. And he's like, I bet you you'll pass that time. Sure enough, I sat in a classroom for three days. and <laughs> So like, it was a struggle. It wasn't easy, but it was definitely worth it. And then my mutual fund license, um, I think I was a bit drunk when I signed up for that course because I signed up for the uh, – I signed up for the mutual fund dealer compliance course, which didn't actually, which actually didn't actually give me permission to sell mutual funds. It only taught me the, the rules and the laws in the mutual fund industry. So um, the, the brokerage, the agency that I, I needed it to, to join, they called me up um, and uh, the regional director called me up. He's like, Daniel, I need you to come in and we got to have a heart to heart talk here. And I'm like, okay, whatever. So I go in, he's like, I don't know how to tell you this. So I'm just going to say it. You took the wrong course. We can't, you, you can't join the brokerage yet. You got to go apply for this other course instead. I was like, shit, <laughs> not going to do that again. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's rough. That's really rough. Yeah. Set me behind like three months, six months. <laughs> I think at that point I would have just been like, "Fuck this, never mind." <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm way too stubborn. I'm way too stubborn for that, man. I was like, "Fuck this!" I was like, "This, this is my career. This is my livelihood, right? This is the next step in my journey. I'm gonna find a way, and I'm just I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna take it. Like that's it. Like there's there's no turning back. I'm not going back to a kitchen. I'm not I'm not going back and and slaving my way and like through a kitchen anymore. I'm not gonna be a crook." canvassing for for charity again because i did door-to-door -door sales for charity and like some of us were making like 20 30 50 bucks an hour just knocking on doors raising money for nonprofits. i was like i can't sleep at night doing that and i'm sure as hell not going back to selling cars i hated that too like fi finance is my gig I, I belong in financial services that's it so like it's it's make this work or give up on this specific license and find a new path right so that makes complete sense. When you know, you know. Yeah. I, I think the other part is a lot of people, I don't know if they ever get to that stage, you know, like this is where I'm going to go. This is how I'm going to do it. This is why I'm going to do it. Cause they, they allow the fear factor to kind of kick in and then they, then they'll back down instead of going, no, this is, this is where I want to go and I'm going to hammer it down all the way but they allow the fear factor to push it back. Yeah, absolutely. There, there's a way to cheat it though. There's a way to trick it. So what I did before, what I did before I went to school for any sort of a license is I made sure that I lined up a job first. I made sure that I had somewhere to hang my hat before I even committed to school because now I'm accountable to myself but now I have somebody that's ready for me to sign a contract waiting on me proving myself to a piece of paper. So I've got people that are looking to me to hold up my end of the bargain 
sooner than later, right? So it's no longer about me. And not only that, but is it like, like it's a lot of entrepreneurs will say, go work for somebody else to get experience where you want to get experience first. So there's that. So if you, if you take the pressure of going out on your own off the table at first, you go somewhere so you can figure out if it's actually what you want to do and you can learn the structure, you can learn the systems, you can learn the process. Then when it comes time to make that next step to actually go out on your own, you already have that familiarity and you already have that need for yourself. So it's just, you're, you're taking all of these small baby steps to, to knock off that fear, right? All along the way. And you're finding other ways to keep yourself accountable instead of just telling a few close people that you're going to do it. Right. Most people are more scared of letting down somebody that they don't know, as opposed to letting down somebody they do know, because let's face it, we let people down that we know all the time. <laughs> so if we don't know somebody and we don't have that like a strong relationship with them, then we're going to be more inclined to hold up our end of the bargain a lot more often. Right. So just find that leverage on yourself. Here's a golden nugget. You know, and I think, I think not only the golden nugget, but that kind of um, forces you to prove not only yourself, but prove um, to them that, that, that you're worth it. Well, yeah. Yeah. That's a big part of it too. Right. And it's like how many people you could probably, without even thinking, you could probably give me five names right now of people that, you know, that went to school and aren't even using their degree because they, they didn't, because either they couldn't find work in their field or they just decided that it wasn't for them anymore. <laughs> there you go. Right. Like we all know it, it's part of life and it's sad to say, but it's part of life and a lot of people end up in debt over it. So, I mean, if you go, if you think that you have a direction that you want to go, find people who are already doing it, talk to them and see if they'll give you a chance. And you know what? Sometimes they might even help you through school. Sometimes they might even flip part of the bill for you, or maybe they'll have a discount at a college or a university for you. Right. And maybe they'll let you work as an intern or shadow or something like that. Right. Do something while you're going to school. And then, so you're just, you're snowballing, you're, you're snowballing the results and you're, you're speeding up the process towards getting to where you want to be. Right. <clears throat> getting that much closer to the, you gotta stop hitting damn buttons on this thing. <laughs> this, I was like, ah, my, crap, we lost him. <laughs> no, no, my, uh, my, my, my stylus acts as a remote. So if I hit the button, it, uh, if I'm fidgeting with it and I hit the button, it'll like pause or turn the music up or down or volume. <laughs> it's, it's funny. So it's like, I got, I got to find other stuff. But, um, what was they saying? Yeah, it's just, it accelerates your results that much faster, right? Because you, you put yourself in a position where you have a supportive environment, you have a team and let's face it, like people who are at the top of the companies or people who've done a lot with their lives, people are way too scared to reach out to them and have a conversation. Right. And they, they would love nothing. Like a lot of them, unless they're like Mr. Grinch or whatever, most people actually do want to be supportive and help people get where they want to go. And not only that, but imparting your knowledge onto somebody else is part of leaving a legacy, right? So there's all of these people who are high up, like C-level executives and companies. Everybody's too scared to talk to them. You can set yourself apart by reaching out to somebody and saying, hey, I'm thinking of starting my own business or I'm thinking of a career change. Like, 
can I buy you a coffee? Can I hop on a phone call? Can we do something where I can connect with you, find out like about the industry, learn a bit from you and see if this is a good, a good path for me. And you know, at, at worst case scenario, you get told no. Best case scenario, you walk out of it with a job offer as well because you actually took the time to set yourself apart. Or you're somewhere in the middle where you had a very good conversation and you have a, now you have a bit more clarity if that's actually what you want to do. And you can just keep going around to other people in that space until you find something that clicks, right? You know, that's something that's come up quite a bit on this, this show. And I hope people are listening long enough to hear it because <laughs> people are afraid of the people that are more successful, now air quoted, than them because <laughs> they want to be at a certain level, but they don't know where to start. And that we, we actually just filmed a one-on-one, which is the two of us uh, for the previous episode. And that came up as well. And it was like, if you want to be in a certain spot in your life, find the people that are in that spot, reach out. And 90% of them are going to be willing to help you because that's our nature is to help other people. You'll yeah. get a couple assholes here and there, but, uh, that's besides the point. I mean, just move on to the next one, <laughs> find somebody that you can connect with and just shoot your shot and go from there. Oh yeah, exactly. But it's just, we complicate, we make things a lot more complicated than they are, than they need to be. Right. And I mean, when I first got into financial services and stuff like that, um, like one of the guys I, one of the guys I worked for, he was the, the divisional director of the agency I was with at the time. And I'm like, yeah, I like, I, if somebody has like a quarter million dollars in assets, like, I don't want to approach them. I don't want to talk to them. Like, I don't like it's just, I, I was scared shitless. And he's like, Daniel, let me ask you this. When, when they wake up in the morning, how do they put their pants on? I'm like, I don't know, like a regular person. He's like, exactly, just like you do. So why the hell would you be scared to walk up to them and talk to them? Why would you be scared to pick up the phone and call them? Like, why would you be scared to look at their books? Like they're, they're a person, they're, there's nothing special about them. They just probably worked a lot harder to get to where they are. So like, <laughs> what's the big deal? It's like, huh, all right. And uh, fast forward, like that was 2013, 14, somewhere in there. So almost seven, eight years later, I mean, I'm not doing the personal side of things anymore. I'm financing businesses now. But now I'm talking to business owners doing $2 million, $5 million, $10 million a year. And it's just, I'm like, whatever. <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> to me, it's like, I, I, those numbers don't even phase me anymore. I'm just like, I'm like, it's, it's great. Like, it's awesome that you're, that you're doing stuff and you're, you're building up businesses that far. And like, it's just, it's, it's really like, it's really coming to just almost like a whatever point at this point. It's like, great. <laughs> like, you, you still call me bro. You still drop F-bombs every other word if you feel like you're close to me. You, you still want to go out to the pub and grab a beer every now and then. Like, <laughs> we're really not much, that much different. <laughs> well, and I, I think to add on to that, um, the first three or four episodes we did, I think we were we were kind of hesitant to talk to a lot of people because, you know, they were big names. We didn't really know a lot about them but we knew they were big names and now it's like we just want to talk to everybody because the more people we talk to the more people we find they're just like us 
They're just regular people. Yeah. And there's really no reason to be afraid of them. Well, exactly. We just get all caught up in our heads over whatever our excuses are, right? There's, it's really not warranted. Like, I, yeah, it's, it's not warranted <laughs> at all. And a lot of people are chill as shit. And the odd time you get somebody who may, okay, maybe they're not that chill. And you're kind of walking away from the conversation going, what the hell did I just get myself into? Like, that was a waste of time. But, I mean, that, that doesn't happen that often <laughs> if you're in the right circles. It's happened to us a few times. <laughs> yeah, it's happened a few times. <laughs> yeah. It, it's going to happen no matter what. But So you had told me at one point that you're helping uh, startup companies with uh, financial offers and stuff like that. Is that something you're at liberty to share? Yeah, man. I mean, yeah, like I said, it's – I've been in finance for a while. I dropped the personal side in the licenses because I just, I got tired of the golden handcuffs. Right. <laughs> and, uh, financial services. I mean, there's a lot of it, like, especially when securities licenses are involved, they don't really want you. <laughs> so it, it just, it wasn't for me. Right. So now it's like in terms of financing, we've got like, we've, I've got options for like everybody now whether it's somebody who's just getting ready to start a business up to somebody in the millions, right? So when it comes to startups and younger companies, I mean, everything comes down to credit and credit worthiness at the end of the day. But for startups, like we do have a startup program that's uh, called a quick start program. And then we have a credit card stacking, which we can stack business credit cards up to $150,000. And we just recently locked down some sort of a partnership with another company that allows us to do personal loans for people who don't qualify for the business side. So the personal loans, we can go up to, I think it's 150 or 200,000, depending on how good somebody's credit is, we can stack a couple different loans. They need a bit more or stack credit cards as well for more flexibility. So we do have some options there and at least it, I mean, it's depending on who you ask. I mean, $150,000, it's not that much, but it is because it, I mean, it's, it's still like six, eight, 12 months of operating expenses, depending on your lifestyle and what you're really willing to sacrifice. Right. At the bare minimum of somebody only qualifies for 50,000, that's still three to six months of operating expenses to get going. So. That's awesome because you talk to a lot of banks and credit unions, uh, at least here in the States. Um, they'll want something huge in collateral. So like we were talking about opening the shop in this town that I live in now. And we started talking to a couple people. They wanted me to put my house up for collateral. I was like, mm, no, <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not, I'm not that willing to do this. So, um, I like the idea of stacking credit cards and things like that. That's it's a lot more sensible. I at the end of the day, it's a trade off, right? I mean, yes, like so. There's it's unsecured versus secured financing, right? Secured means you're putting up collateral. The nice thing about secured financing is because you've got some sort of an asset uh, that can that the lender can fall back on in case of default. Your interest, you're going to be paying less interest. It's going to be a cheaper loan. 
unsecured financing is nice because you don't need the collateral, but you're going to be paying a little bit more to borrow the money. So it's it, it really at the end of the day, it's it's just a trade off. But there are options. There's good options on both sides of the fence. I I almost wonder. Uh, I don't, I don't know if you're at liberty to say, but uh, um, is there some people that take the unsecured versus the secured, or is there is it like a fifty fifty split or what? In terms of like secured loans, we don't really have a lot of options. We don't have too many options. I mean, we've got a ton of lenders across the states and Canada that is just. I just sit on zoom or the phone and I can work anywhere I want, whenever I want, which is kind of nice. And uh, I'd say 80% of my clients are all in the States, which is kind of funny because I'm all the way up here in Canada, but hey, that's just the way it goes. But um, yeah, it's just, we, we don't have a lot of options for secured lending. And I mean, people take it all day long, right? It's just, it depends on what's available. And a lot of the programs out there are unsecured, right? Like personal loans could be either way. Credit cards are unsecured, and you can get secured credit cards from like Capital One and stuff. But whatever, that's neither here nor there. And then if you look at it, you can flip it to um, like merchant cash advances, alternative financing. That's all unsecured. Credit line, line of credit can be secured or unsecured. It really just it really just depends on the lender and what what you're looking for, right? At the end of the day. Nothing's, it's not that it's, it's not that one's better or worse. <laughs> so. Just kind of depends on uh, what size the shoe is versus what size the foot is. Yeah, pretty much. It's just what's, what makes, what makes the most sense for you and what's going to help you get where you want to be that much quicker. Right. And let's face it, like the, the real, the real thing that comes up is especially when it comes to like startups and, and like younger or less mature businesses, they're scared to borrow money. Yet they want to grow, but they can't grow because they don't have the money to grow. And it's like, if you, if you look at any reputable source, like Investopedia, Bloomberg and stuff like that, they'll tell you that the majority of like fortune 500 companies are known for borrowing capital or doing capital raises or whatever to grow. So if you got big fortune 500 companies, why would you as a doing it? Why would you be scared as a startup to do it? Like it just makes sense. You're not, you're not limited by your means. The sooner you start building up that business credit, the more experience that you have on your credit file, borrowing money means more lenders are going to trust you sooner, which means you can get access to larger amounts of capital sooner. Right, you can show that you can show a history of paying the bills on time, paying loans back on time, so that you're less limited as you're growing throughout any stage, right? And it's just the weirdest thing in the world. I should turn my watch off. It's sometimes it just goes off. Sometimes it just goes off like crazy with text messages. Other times not so much. But um, yeah, that's really what it comes down to: is is how fast you want to grow, right? So that, that kind of brought me a, a question and it kind of sounds stupid now that I really think about it, but I'm going to ask anyway. So um, my wife is obsessed with Shark Tank all of a sudden. <laughs> it is a good show. <laughs> Which isn't my question, but um, 
it seems like a lot of people like really run to investors and want to give up part of their company um, as opposed to borrowing money. Um, and, and sometimes they offer them a loan and stuff like that. But uh, I was just kind of curious about your opinion of getting an investor to take part ownership of your company or equity, I guess, uh, versus getting a business loan and paying it back. I find, um, I find there's a couple different camps on that one, right? I know like a good friend of mine, um, I met him a few years ago, is met, he trusted the wrong management team and retired and his company pretty much got ran into the ground. And he turned it around and pulled through it and it's his pride and joy that he's made it to being a national multi-million dollar company without giving up even a percent, one, even 1% one of his company. He still has 100% ownership. That's his pride and joy. But he had no problem borrowing money. It's just taking an investor and giving up that equity was off the table, right? I got other people who take, I know people who take more pride in using investors and never borrowing money. And then the third camp is I'm just going to do it myself and I don't care. Like I don't, I don't want to talk to a lender and I don't want to talk to an investor. And I find the three camps tend to be pretty evenly split. Like it, it just really depends on, on the person. And I would say a lot of it is ego, right? The, the people who don't want investors and don't want lenders, they, they want to do everything themselves and they're probably running their company and spending more time working in their business and the day-to-day -day operations than they are actually running their company. And they're wondering why they're not growing and they have a whole other set of headaches going, right? And then you got the other people who they have no problem. Like they understand that it takes leverage to grow and make money. So they got no problem borrowing money, turning to lenders and paying the interest because guess what? It's when you borrow money for your business, it's a tax, it's a tax deduction, right? It's tax deductible. So you get another tax deduction at the end of the year, which is kind of nice. The investors, I mean, you don't, it's a lot of people are, are okay giving up equity because they technically don't have to pay the loan back. They're not actually making payments. They're just giving up part of the revenue or they're looking for an exit down the road anyways. Like if you're just looking to build something up, build it up fast and get the hell out of it, sell it, make profit. It might make sense to take on investors who are like venture capitals or angels or whatever, who are known for building up businesses quick and then getting out for a substantial chunk of change, right? It really just all depends on, on what your vision is. If you want to leave a legacy for your family, if you want to leave a legacy for your kids, then it probably makes sense to borrow money and go more of the traditional way, right? Use banks and, and other lenders such as ourselves in order to do it. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I think that that makes sense than what most people would try to explain it because that's it's not super in depth, but it's straight to the point. Yeah. Right, exactly. I mean there's there's no sense in complicating it, right? <laughs> this is what what do you what do you want out of your business? Where where do you see yourself, right? And then pick your plan, pick your plan from there. Is it's when you have somebody, when you've given up equity, when you have business partners or whatever, and if it's not working out, it's a pain in the ass to get rid of them. Especially if you don't have your legal documents written up properly, right? If you don't have any shotgun clauses in there, buy sell agreements, nothing. 
mean, it's a nightmare. It's a headache to get rid of people. So why go there? Why, why take it on if it's not in your big plan to sell it at a profit one day? Yeah, makes sense. It's yeah. probably one of those things, again, that they just didn't know it was available. And nobody, nobody taught them or nobody spoke about it, so it just didn't happen. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of it. And is there's different requirements too, right? Like if you're, if you just have an idea, no venture capitalist is going to look at you. They, they don't deal with like startups and pre-startups so much, right? They deal with like mid-stage, late-stage startups type deal. So you're looking for like angel investors or like crowdfunding, different things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And then you hit a certain you hit a certain revenue threshold where the angel you're too big for the angel investors. They're like there's an awkward stage of growth where you're too big for the angel investors, but you're still too small for the venture capitalists. And so you're in this like little awkward like tween puberty stage, right? <laughs> and then and then there's the venture cast from there. So it's a lot of it is just, yeah, knowing that it's available, but also just doing your research on what's available, how it's available, and finding somebody that is in aligned with actually what you're trying to accomplish, right? Whereas if you just look at lenders and borrowing money, it's simple. You're profitable or you're not. You have good credit or you don't. <laughs> you, you got a lot of money cycling through your account or you don't. All of those little things are going to make up whether or not you get approved for a loan and how much you're getting approved for. So it just it keeps things a lot more simple in a sense. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. And not only that, uh, you should do your research instead of just going to the first person you see. And because uh, <laughs> everyone's going to have, I'm not going to say everyone, but a lot of people have different options and are more willing to work with certain things than others Uh, oh yeah and that's that was very prevalent on my mortgage uh for the house i'm in now like i went through five different companies before i found one that i was able to work with yeah (laughs) so shop around find the one exactly it's you yeah, exactly. You're fine or find somebody that'll do the shopping for you. I mean, that's, that's what we do, right? We're, we're a marketplace lender. Like, that's what we do. So when we get a file, it's not, okay, well, let, let's fit this square peg into this round hole and find a way to make it work. You go to a bank, they're just going to tell you yes or no if you even get a call back, right? Um, and a lot of lenders are like that. Whereas with us, it's like, okay, well, here's your file. Here's what we're looking at. Here's what's realistic. Different lenders specialize in different areas, right? And different verticals. So some lenders will do construction companies all day long. Other lenders won't even touch them. Well, if you don't know what you're doing and you talk to a lender that doesn't specialize in your space, you're going to hear most people will just go, oh, well, I got declined. I'm never going to get a loan. They don't realize that there's like there's specialists out there. Yeah. Right. And so having somebody that having somebody who has access to all these different pools of, of businesses of lenders that they can actually do the shopping around, talk to people and find something that, that actually, instead of making you fit into the lender's box, right. Fit the lender into your box. So you get something that's going to be a lot more favorable for you. 
And that's, I mean, this is a perfect example is I went through the bullshit with like, I think four different lenders. And finally I was like, you know what? I'm moving to a rural location. Um, I can put money down, but I don't want to. So I started looking at loan options and then I was like, okay, so here we have a USDA loan, which is for rural areas. <laughs> and my town's like 70 houses total. So we're rural. And I started asking all of the agents, the real estate agents that I knew, uh, if they knew anyone that specialized in that. Plus then I started calling all of the mortgage companies that I could find. And I finally found one that happened to be right down the road, but they specialize in that type of loan. And that's who I ended up going through. I mean, so it's, it's just a perfect example of, of what you just said that it's not that you won't get approved. You just haven't done your research. Yeah. Yeah. Just do your due diligence, right? <laughs> don't, don't go to somebody that's going to try and fit you in their box and kick you out the door. Find somebody who you can, you can fit them into your box, right? Every right. business is different. Everybody's situation is different. I mean, yeah, numbers are numbers at the end of the day and kind of whatever, but at the end of the day, everything is still different. <laughs> so we, we do ask one question every episode because we like to see everybody's answer uh, because it's such a dynamic question, at least to us. Um, so we've, we've talked about you going to school. Um, we've talked about being a line chef or a line cook, sorry, uh, working in the kitchen, moving up into finance, stuff like that, uh, working on your own um, endeavors and things like that. So, I mean, you've come a long way in your life. And so we want to know what your opinion or your, your personal definition of success looks like. Uh, how would you define success for you? Not being a one-dimensional douchebag. <laughs> That's a new one. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you think about it, like if you think about it, everybody, like most people in the world, they have one or two areas of life that they do really well in, and then the rest of their life is shit, right? And there's people who have, there's so many different names for the categories, family, faith, finance, fitness, body being, balanced business, like all every 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 influencer, I'm not gonna say successful person, but every influencer has like we were talking about this a bit before the show. Every influencer has their own spin on it, right? But at the end of the day, no matter how they tee it up or tie it up and, and put it on the platter, there's like there's no point in having any success in business if you don't have your help because you're not gonna be able to enjoy it. If you have shitty relationships with your spouse and your kids and your employees or your team members, whatever that looks like, you're not going to have a business very long, right? And you're going to be lonely. You're going to be depressed. You're not going to have much of a fulfilling life, right? And then whether you're a church person or a religious person or whatever, boil it down to connection, right? What kind of a connection do you have with, with the universe, with the people around you, with, with God or whoever, whatever you want to call a higher power, right? So like 
what what's the point in being average like everybody and just getting complacent in two areas that you can do really well in when you can look at life as from more of like a holistic approach and do everything that you can every single day to have it all right like I, I was never big on like health and fitness and shit like that I hated that I hated gym class in school and all that kind of stuff and I just signed up for my first like six week fitness challenge learning how to use a steel mace and swing that son of a bitch around um and then yeah like you it's true you can't enjoy your life without your health like <laughs> and what good is being successful in business if you have nobody to share the success with if you have no relationships to to turn to and lean on right like I, I think it all just i think it all goes hand on hand hand in hand no matter which way you boil it down which way you want to look at it i like that a lot that's uh I mean, when you first said it, I'm like, eh, and then like you went further down the rabbit hole and it, <laughs> and it opened up the spectrum. Yeah. yeah. I, was, I, was, I was the same way. I was a little off put. I was like, wait, what? And then, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, where is he trying to go with that? And I, I mean, I Shocking could, off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I, I really like that because it's, it's true. It's a hundred percent true. I think that's one of the top two. Yeah. I would say personally. I would I would have to agree. Yeah, man. I remember when I was selling cars, there's this dude there, it's like eighty some odd years old or something like that. Like we 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 swear that more often than not, he would sleep in his car out behind the dealership. Because he wouldn't, he would never want to go home to his wife for whatever reason. Nobody even wanted to ask and open up that can of worms. He would either be at work from bell to bell, or he would, he would be at the casino, or wherever, right? And it's like you see people like that, and it's kind of like, it just to me, it just doesn't make sense. It's like, why, like, why would you be in a relationship with somebody if you don't even want to be around them, right? And it's like, if you're not going to nurture your relationship, why be in a relationship? What, why be that lonely old man at the end of the day? That makes sense. I mean, you can always fix your, your stuff. I mean, if you, if you, <laughs> I'm going to sound dumb. Like your kids are your babies. Your wife is your baby. Your business is your baby. You know, like all of this stuff you take care of you can't just abandon everything and expect to be happy. It doesn't work. Yeah, exactly. And it's, I mean, what most people do is they, 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 they're basically like, I love firefighters. They're awesome. I'm not meaning to, to like degrade them or what they do, but most people spend their life playing firefighting, right? It's the, they'll, their business is burning to the ground or their career is burning to the ground. So they'll double down, get tunnel vision and focus on that. Next thing you know, their relationship with their wife or their spouse or their kids or whatever is falling apart. So now they're doubling down there until something else starts falling apart. And they're constantly jumping around from fire to fire, wondering why the hell they're all stressed out all the time, right? Whereas if you just take a step back and slow down every single day and dedicate a few hours a day to everything, you're going to be a lot more productive and a lot more fulfilled. And you're not going to have as many fires to be putting out all the time. That's and it's like... Uh, here, here's the real kicker. The, the same power that's required to produce in your marriage 
is the exact same power that's required to produce in your business. You can tell how somebody's marriage is by looking at their business and you can tell how somebody's business is by looking at their marriage. It's a two-way street. It takes the same level of energy to, to produce in, in both, right? So it's like, why not spend time on both every single day? Because all you're doing is compiling your momentum. Like you're, you're just growing momentum that much quicker by not having anything burned to the ground from out of neglect. I mean, that's a perfect example of being proactive versus reactive. Just in life in general. If you're proactive, uh, my friend Adam Cray says this, and I think that it explains it perfectly, is he says he's living his life deliberately. You know, like you instead of reacting to everything that goes wrong, be proactive. And it's like planting a fucking seed in your garden. You're going to go out there and water it every day. You're not going to neglect it and then just go drown the shit out of it when it starts to die. That doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah. Well, exactly. It's a lot easier. It's a lot easier to maintain everything and produce than it is to try and catch up and keep all bar. Yep. Well, and I think the other thing is people, um, I mean, from even high school, you're not really taught to be proactive about it. You're not really taught to be reactive about it. It's just an instinctive thing. And then you have to learn to get past the reactive and you have to learn to be proactive. At least in high school here, they just teach you that you need to go to college to get a good job or else you're going to be nothing but bullshit your whole life. So I mean, <laughs> I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> it's, it's the same up here, right? That, that's why I hated school and that's why I wanted to drop out is because you have to fit in their box. Like there's, there's no leeway. It's black or white. It's, it's, you could, you could like, we learn in life as adults that you want this up here. There's 50,000 different ways you can go about getting there. There's, there's a, like, you look at now we got Google maps. And shit. You look at Google maps, there's 20 or depending on how big your city is. I mean, you living in the rural, there might be two. Um, <laughs> me, I live, I live in a city of like a million people. So there's like only like six or seven ways sometimes, but in like bigger cities, I mean, you can have 20 different ways of getting to the same location, right. Or more. Yeah. And life's the same, but in, in like high school, high school, it's like, you got to fit into this box or you're done. Yeah. They say, go to school. Okay. That's this line right here. Get a good job. That's it. <laughs> it doesn't make sense. They don't, te they don't prepare people for the world, <laughs> real world. I don't well, know. Shit. I don't even remember anything they tried to teach us back then because I mean, what if it, what do we actually use out of it? <laughs> yeah. I, I wish they taught us about taxes and not parallelograms because man. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't teach us how to do taxes, how to get a loan, how to start a business, how to, uh, they, they told us we'd never have calculators in our pockets all the time too. Right. Yeah, that bitch. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> one, one of the trainers at work was uh, a couple weeks ago. I was getting pissed off because she's like, nobody here knows how to do long division. I go, because everybody here has a damn calculator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why, why do we need to know how to do it? <laughs> yeah. That's one. What if you don't have it? I'm always going to have it. Like trying to teach my son how to do all this stuff. And he's like, we got to do it this way. I'm like, see this? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> but you have to do it that way if you want to pass your school. Oh, I know it. And uh, never mind. I'm going to drop it before we get into another half hour long tangent. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> go off the rabbit hole really quick, really fast. So, um, my my last question for you is: Will you share with our uh, maybe three listeners now um, the best place to find you and where they can find all of your links to all of your information? My name Daniel Morrow CA. That's it. <laughs> and, and like he said er, to us earlier, is Morrow is spelled like tomorrow without the two. <laughs> oh yeah, just 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 write down tomorrow and take the two off, and you got my last name right there. But um, yeah, DanielMorrow.ca is generally the best place. Um, I'm actually revamping that. I'm gonna build out contact.DanielMorrow.ca, and that's gonna have all of the links, all my different social media and stuff like that. But uh, even just going to the main DanielMorrow.ca, that's got a nice little page with all my contact information and social media and stuff like that on there. I mean, I'm like, I'm everywhere. I'm on LinkedIn. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, Facebook. So most of the, my handles are either real Daniel Morrow or elite clarity. So. <laughs> All right. Do you have anything left, Brad? I, I think we had a pretty good one. I, I think it's, uh, you, you went pretty, we went pretty deep on this one. <laughs> yeah, that's what she said <laughs> cool well thank you so much for hopping on and we really appreciate you giving us an hour of your time yeah man for sure thanks for having me <laughs>